Hello and welcome to episode 208 of Section 138, a Toronto Blue Jays podcast talking about all things Blue Jays. We are back after our, I guess, bye week, you want to call it. We are back a week later. Jacob and I are here. I will be your host for this episode, Bryson Poza. And as mentioned, Jacob, how are you? I'll tell you what. When you when you when you don't win a series against the Baltimore Orioles, it makes things a little bit less enjoyable. But I'm happy to be back. Finally, we're back on the air talking about some things that we should have talked about last week. We're finally able to talk about it. A lot of big news, some not so good news. But overall, I think from a Blue Jay perspective, you know, it was an eventful week. It was an eventful week, and pretty much since the last time we recorded, and I guess the kind of the most famous thing about our last episode. It was about why the Blue Jays didn't call up uh, Gabriel Moreno. And about an hour after we uploaded it, obviously the news came out that he joined the he joined the big league club. So quite a few things have happened. But before we start, just want to mention that our usual host, Mark, will not be here today with us. We are hoping he's going to be here on Sunday. He's currently on a baseball road trip throughout the first couple weeks of June. It's pretty cool where he's going. So I believe his first stop right now is in Pittsburgh. And uh, pretty much that is where things stand with Mark. But we are hoping that we can all be here at the end of the series on Sunday. Of course, a big series coming up against the Yankees. But, Jacob, you touched on it a little bit. Uh, this week in particular, the Blue Jays welcomed the Baltimore Orioles to begin a seven-game homestand this week at Rogers Center. So it was a four-game series with the Orioles. And, of course, it was a disappointing result. You split the series with the Orioles uh, in four games. So in game one, the Blue Jays won 11-1. In, on Tuesday's game, they lose 6-5. Wednesday's game, they walked things off in the 10th inning, 7-6. And, of course, today was kind of the blowout game in terms of the Orioles putting up or posting six runs alone on Kevin Gosman and winning 10-2. So, I mean, saying it as a split, splitting the series with Baltimore Orioles is obviously a disappointment. I look at it also kind of in a way throughout the past, I would say, week in terms of if you go back to last week as well, when the Blue Jays were in Kansas City, they were in Detroit last weekend, and then this week they had the Baltimore Orioles. Not exactly the greatest effort. Now, when you put it all together in terms of this kind of weak point of the schedule, you know we were looking at it in terms of winning a series against the Royals, winning a series against the Tigers. We were pretty happy with it, but I want to ask you, does things kind of change now after what happened this week against the Orioles, splitting two out of two? You know, kind of looking over the last week in particular and not really taking advantage of these weaker individuals that you had compared to what we've seen pretty much throughout the rest of the year in terms of the Jays playing, you know, on a regular basis, pretty talented teams. So to be 11 games over 500 is still good. Like, I think that's fair to say that that's good. And still as of tonight, so or so Thursday night, they're 10 games back of the Yankees, second place. They do have a three-game lead over the wild card. There's Tampa Bay and Cleveland for, you know, those two two and three spots. But they're in a playoff spot. Obviously, it's way too early to talk about that. But they're still in a good position. However, when you are supposed to be one of the best teams in baseball, you need to take advantage of that. And you, the first time, this is the first time they've seen the Orioles all season. You need to take advantage of this. You need to win these games. And that's not to disrespect the Orioles and say that they're a toss-away game. You know, let's be a little bit honest here. They they kind of are the weakest in the division, one of the weakest in the American League. You need to win these games, and you need to have your starting pitching. And I'm sure we'll get to this. You need your starting pitching to be deep into games, to go deep into games, give you quality innings. And that unfortunately didn't really happen. Now the offense, I think, is coming back now. Okay, you did lose the last game. I think it was what ten to two. So not really the result you want there, but at least for the majority of the series, they were in it. Matt Chapman with a couple of home runs. Teoscar Hernandez with a couple of home runs. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think he had a home run 
or actually a couple home runs and obviously that big walk off. So things are like they're turning around. I'm not necessarily worried about the individual performances, but the big picture is, is you need wins in order to make the playoffs a loss or an overtime or in this case, extra inning loss. I mean, they didn't have that, but basically the only way to, to make ground on any team in baseball is to win subsequently have another team lose but still you need to win and they didn't really have that now you look at their schedule ahead they have I think three against the Yankees after that it's the White Sox let's see if it gets a little bit easier after that I don't believe it does they have an off day then you um, go to Milwaukee then you go to Milwaukee so does not get easier let's put it that way after that and so obviously the team can turn things around you still do have a lot of games against Baltimore they're division rivals that you've seen once all season, so you're going to see them more. But you need to get these wins uh, stringing together. And unfortunately, you know, you look at Kevin Gosman, only two and a third of an inning. Five run runs charged to him. Now, obviously, that's I'm not worried about Kevin Gosman. I'll get that out of the way right now. But you do need to take these, take these types of advantages when you get them. And unfortunately, they didn't. I mean, I guess all you can really do at this point is really wipe the slate clean. You do have... I'm not going to say a tough series against the Yankees in terms of your guys that you're going to throw it on the mound, but you do have Stripling, Manoa, and I think Kikuchi set out to pitch right now. Going to be a little tough, I'm not going to lie there, to to win that series, despite how good some of these players have been. The Yankees are just, they're on an absolute tear. They're probably the best team in baseball as of right now. It's not going to be easy, but I don't know. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed about how this these fa- past few series have gone. But I understand that it's still a long season to go. It's not the end of the world. And things can t- turn things around. And still, like I said, they're in a playoff spot. They have a multi-game lead over any team for a playoff spot. It's still a good position to be in. However, two, three months down the line, maybe it's you know maybe it's not necessarily as, as favorable of a position. And you can look back and say, well... If only instead of a split or a loss series, you took in, uh, you took a, you know, a couple more games out of them. Absolutely, and I think that this series alone is why now you look back at the the Tiger series, look back at the Royal series. But of course, this one in particular, definitely you let it slip through your fingers. I mean, I personally believe, and I think it's kind of, I wouldn't say well known, but I think a lot of people also have this opinion is that the Orioles are definitely slightly better than what they were last year. They're current, they're slowly get going up, but at the same time. It is unacceptable to split a series with them at home. You have a perfect opportunity to, I guess, you know, again, take advantage of that weak point in the schedule that you had over the last two games. And then you mentioned it, a team that they're chasing right now, the New York Yankees, who continue to just win every single game possible. I think it's seven in a row they've won. They completed the sweep tonight over the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Rays lose three straight to the Yankees. I know they walked it off. Anthony Rizzo hit a walk-off home run in the ninth inning. So that's pretty much how things ended with that. But, you know, I think the biggest questions that, you know, uh, the biggest question that happened throughout the series, of course, and let's get right into it. And you kind of addressed it a little bit, but this is like, a th- kind of a topic where it is going to branch off into every single other person in the starting rotation, and that is the starting rotation in particular. Uh, we get the news of Hunjin Ryu this week. Unfortunately for him, uh, it was found in a second opinion or just, I guess, further evaluations that he had on his elbow. It was pretty much damaged to his UCL on his elbow. He will be out for the remainder of the 2022 season and pretty much 
majority, if not all, of the 2023 season. Uh, it's yet to be determined if he's going to be getting a full Tommy John repair or partial, but either way, his 2022 season is over, and we will get to that in a second. But at the same time, you have Ryu, who's completely wiped out for the rest of the year. You have Yusei Kikuchi, who we kind of mentioned a little bit um, in this year, who pretty much pitched on the Tuesday series. His stuff did not look good for a second consecutive outing. And then you had, so you had Kevin Gosman today uh, in game four. But then of course, and then in game three, um, in game three on the Wednesday, you also had, uh, you had Jose Barrios go out. So Jose Barrios pretty much and Alec Manoa were the two, I guess, pitchers that pitched in this series who did pretty well. But now you look at it. And then, of course, I think you look at Yusei Kikuchi alone, and we'll start with Yusei Kikuchi, because now you have Hunjin Ryu who's missing. You know, Yusei Kikuchi's a fifth starter. He's been a guy who has, at times, shown flashes, and at times hasn't shown flashes, and at a time where the rotation kind of isn't a bit of a question mark, you need Yusei Kikuchi to be better, regardless if he's here as a fifth starter, if he's here as a fourth starter. And that hasn't been the case. He's been showing signs. He hasn't been showing great signs. It just seems like he has been a guy who is never really... It, it, for me, I, I can't remember if he's ever really had a lot of one, two, three innings. It feels like no matter if he's pitching good or bad, he's always getting himself into trouble early on in an inning, and then he's going to have to pitch from the stretch for the rest of the way out. So in this particular outing on the Tuesday game, he goes four innings, he allows four and runs, he walks four as well. His ERA now is up to 480. I was going to ask, I want to ask you about Yusei Kikuchi first because we have all been optimistic about him, but is it getting to a point now where you need, we need to start seeing him, I guess, just own up to it and pitch a lot better than what he has? I know we do, we do, we do need to see that, but we've been very patient. And how much longer do you think we can continue to be patient with Yusei Kikuchi? Here's the thing. There's a few names we haven't mentioned, and so obviously Ryu's done for the season. If it's a full Tommy John, I'm saying this right now, he's lucky if he's ready for the 2024 season, because that's at least 12 to 18 month recovery, and he still hasn't even had it, so it's what, it's June, so yeah, I, I highly doubt that, you know, that's that he's ready for at, at least the next season um, and, and a half, which, very unfortunate, an older guy coming on what'll be a contract year next season, but for the Blue Jays specifically... You now pretty much can count Ryu out. Well, you can count him out for the entire season. So you need your depth to you know to own up to it and to be the depth that it, it looked up that it was going to be. And with Yusei Kikuchi, I would like him to be better. I need obviously he's got what three more years on his deal left or, or two more years after this season. So you obviously want him to be better. But if you're the Blue Jays, you can kind of afford to mess around with things. Now Ross Stripling slipped into the rotation or slid into the rotation. I have no concerns with him. He's really, I think there there was a graphic, um, I think it was yesterday's game, that said his ERA as a reliever versus a starter. And they had similar appearances. Like I think it was like eight or nine each appearance, or appearances per starting and relieving. His ERA in as a reliever was up, I think it was around like 490, whereas a starter it was around 280. So I'm not worried about him. I really wasn't worried about him last season. There was just a lot of, or, or a few games that really inflated his ERA. So I think he's fine, but the thing is here, we're, we've mentioned Nate Pearson really all season. Trent Thornton's kind of started at times within the last couple seasons. As I look through the depth chart, most people are just kind of relievers uh, that have been kind of stretched, stretched out at times, but 
the thing is, is like there there are options in the minors such as Thomas Hatcher and whatnot. So there are options, but I don't want it to have to get to that situation. And for you, say Kikuchi, you're brought in for for three seasons because the Blue Jays believe Pete Walker can work with you. It's a new team, new opportunity. You can be part of a winning team. That was with the assumption that you are the fifth starter in what looked to be a really good rotation. Now, you're probably still a fifth starter in a good rotation, but the margin for error is a lot smaller for really anybody in this rotation. Even Kevin Gosman, you kind of rely on a good outing out of him. We didn't really get that, but, you know, if you're Yusei Kikuchi, it's it's time. Like, you've had way more appearances, if, if I can just pull it up. You've had way more appearances to you know to really show it and this is the second one where the command really wasn't there i think he's he's made uh 12 starts this season so roughly you know a little bit less than half of a season almost 45 percent of a season and his era whip everything era of 480 like you said whip of 154 it's just it's not good like and the blue jays i think now they have lost now nine of the 13 or excuse me nine of the 12 uh games that he has started and that's obviously you know obviously that doesn't really say a ton like you Kevin Gosman has a a, a a record under 500 yet he's one of the best pitchers in the league but when you're consistently losing games when a pitcher is pitching a starting pitcher it's it's not you know a good look and now you need to be a lot better because you're still probably that fifth starter but I hate to be that guy but you're a couple bad appearances from Nate Pearson taking your job and at the end of the day that's kind of how things work you know you need to win Nate Pearson's a top prospect the Blue Jays are in a win now mode but if if you say Kaguchi doesn't start turning things around and I think it's at the end of the day I think it's just the command that's killing him because you know he'll get guys on and then you can allow a single here and there or a double here and there but if you're allowing either of those with two or three guys on that's what's going to kill you and you you know you can you can pitch well all throughout the game but as we've seen with Robbie Ray all season long, that one bad inning can be the difference between the, uh, looking at good statistics or bad statistics for your whole season. And you hope you can turn things around. Like I said, three more or three seasons total, two more left. But if if he doesn't turn things around, I think I think the Blue Jays are going to do what they really didn't expect to do and not trade him. But bullpen's definitely an option. You could, you know, I mean, especially now with I think Tim Mesa still not back, you can mess around with things or like basically they have options you can put Nate Pearson in the rotation you can work around things but it's unfortunately it's just not a good look like you're at the point now where you can't say that the 480 ERA is because of two bad starts at the start of the season like this has been a consistency throughout the entire almost three months of the years so I'm hoping you can turn things around but hope can only really get us so far and you're at the point now where you need to turn things around or else the team's going to suffer. And, you know, I think we saw this, this was years and years ago. Drew Hutchison had like a 15-5 and record. So the team was winning when he was pitching. But his ERA was like 550. Like, it was really, really close to 6. And he went down to Buffalo maybe August of 2015. And he didn't even pitch at all the rest of the season. Like, he was not in the playoff roster or on the playoff roster or anything. And you would hate to see something like that. Like, a guy come in that you're expecting to be part of your team not be part of that team because he's he's unable to get that command and unable to keep runners um, from scoring but really I think it's just the command like again four walks you know a lot of walks in the in the previous start like and, and it's not even as that you're against good teams you're not necessarily against good teams you're against teams that you should 
have command over that you should beat and unfortunately that's really just not been the case but I'm hoping he's able to turn things around I think he could can I mean we've seen what Pete Walker's done with you know a variety of pitchers throughout his throughout his whole tenure with the Blue Jays but really even within the last couple seasons I'm hoping things turn turn around but we're kind of at that point now where you need to make a push you need to whatever you're going to get AL East uh, division champions wild card whatever you're going to get you need to win games now because and get that lead because the last thing you want to do is be playing catch up in in September or August and if you say Kikuchi is not part of that roster where now you do not have the the I guess flexibility with Hyunjin Ryu when he's on his game it's you know it's it'll be a little bit of a disappointing end to this year for him and that's exactly why his performance now going forward and pretty much let alone the rest of the starting rotation needs to be better. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty now in the starting rotation. You lose Hunjin Ryu. That's a pretty big guy regardless, or in terms of the depth, regardless if you were a fan of him or not. Um, it's just pretty much, it's, it's a, it's a big loss. It really is. So you have that going on. And then you had Kevin Gosman today. We kind of touched on it a bit. I don't know how concerned we really are with Kevin Gosman. I think these are kind of things right now where he's working through some issues. We know that there was kind of the whole, I wouldn't say theory, but the whole kind of just something that was pretty much brought to attention about him tipping pitches. I don't know really if today was necessarily as much as that. I think today as well, maybe if he was a bit, I think today was more related to him just flat out not having his best stuff. Uh, I think his location struggled. He wasn't getting a lot of swings and misses like he usually does. I think he only had about five whiffs on his splitter. And um, pretty much one on his fastball. So his stuff wasn't getting a lot of movement. And it just wasn't fooling the Baltimore Orioles. So he's in a little bit of a rough patch right now. Um, you know, you thought maybe the last hurt he showed continued progress. But, you know, it, I still think everything's going to be fine with Kevin Gosman. It's just a couple things that he's got to work or look forward to now. And then, of course, on the other side, and if you want to talk about it on the good note, you know, we can only talk about it so much. But it is true in terms of Alec Manoa, who continues to just dominate every single time he's on the mound. We talked about Jose Barrios. He continues to dominate, or I shouldn't say dominate, but pitch better uh, than pretty much what he's been showing at the beginning of the year. He's really I guess, forming back into the Jose Barrios that we pretty much recognize and know or we knew really well from last year. Strikeouts are up, his hits are down, and then, of course, um, his, his stuff in general is getting a lot better. So you have those two guys, which is good. Kevin Gosman on the side, who's got a, a couple or a few things to uh, look for or work for, or sorry, work around and figure out, I should say, um, I guess, as the month progresses. So you have those three guys going on. You have Ross Stripling, I guess, as your fourth starter right now for the foreseeable future, like you were talking about. You have Yusei Kikuchi, who is kind of a question mark right now, but he is still slotted in as your fifth starter. And around, I guess, the rest of the series alone, quickly, before I ask you the next question, is that pretty much with the offense, um, it was kind of a... I would, I guess I would say up and down. It just it felt like a lot of games there was offensive explosions. And then, of course, a game like today in particular, uh, there wasn't anything going at all. Obviously, today was the worst um, performance offensively. But going back to that game one with Alec Manoa, uh, hit, uh, pretty much the Jays put up 11 runs on 19 hits. You got multi-hit games from George Springer, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Santiago Espinal, Lourdes Escurial Jr., and Rymel Tapia. So the bats continued to... I guess, trend in the right direction. And of course, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. alone in the month of June has been pretty much been playing. He's been on fire uh, since June has started. He's got seven home runs in June, hitting over 300 OPS well north of 
I think 1,000 now, correct? It is over 1,000 now in the month of June. He's got 15 RBIs. And, of course, you have other guys who continue to pretty much play well offensively, which is good. And as the offense kind of, you know, solidifies itself and as it continues to, which is good, there's a few things in the rotation now that are, you know, again, kind of a uncertainty or kind of a thing where, you look at it and you maybe you don't feel as comfortable as you once did in April. I think that's safe to say. So, you know, and of course, Alejandro Kirk, an honorable mention, who continues to stay hot as well. So the question I ask you, and I asked both of you and Mark this last week when we recorded, of course, this was before we knew about the extent of the Hunjin Ryu injury. But now that Hunjin Ryu, we can write him off for this year and next year. I think it's safe to say it is almost, I don't know if you want to call it a certainty, but in my opinion... I think it's almost kind of a certainty that the Jays are going to get go out and get another starter this year. I don't know. I don't think so, to be completely honest. I mean, a lot can change. We could see things. Uh, here's the thing. Ross Stripling's a free agent after this season. Hyunjin Ryu is a free agent after next season, but I'm counting him out. I think he's thrown his last pitch as a Blue Jay, which is unfortunate to say. Manoa, Pearson, or Manoa Gosman, and Barrios all under contract for the next four seasons the three of them for the four seasons but then the the contracts are a little bit different but you have those three you have nate pearson I, i'm still hiring him i think he's a starter on this team you have him for four more seasons after this one correct me if i'm wrong it's either four or five i think um something like that i think it's still 2026 so you have him for another four seasons i don't unless you're going to get a rental i kind of doubt that they go out and do anything because you're not going to go get someone with a lot of term. I don't think that they're going to give up somebody with, you know, or give up a lot of prospects. You've already seen Gabriel Moreno. You do have, uh, I guess, flexibility. And I think we all discussed this in the last episode. You do have a surplus at catcher. So you, I guess in theory, you have the assets to do something and go get a starter. I just kind of doubt it that that's very likely. I think what's more important, and I know I'm going to sound hypocritical, but I think what's more important is solidifying the back end of that bullpen because it looked a little bit shaky in this series. You know, Yimmy Garcia, bit of a rough outing. Um, Trevor Richards also hasn't really looked good all season long. Um, I think that's a little bit more important than going out and getting a starter. And that's just simply because I think they have the flexibility in the starting rotation. Now, you're definitely one injury away from that flexibility being zapped and you just don't have any flexibility. You need your top guys to pitch every game and pitch deep into every game. But I, I don't think that they go out and get a starter just because you have Nate Pearson, you have Thomas Hatch, who's been doing well. Both of those are, I guess, question marks, if you want to put it that way. But I think it's much more likely that this team goes out and get a reliever than a starter, simply from the fact that I think that's still, the bullpen is still a little bit more of a concern. Other than, I guess, maybe Jordan Romano, Adam Simber, Yumi Garcia for most of the season, he's been, you know, pretty good or done pretty well. Tim Mays has been good all season long, although he's still out with that injury. I I just think it's more likely that they go out and get a reliever. And also, I think that will cost a lot less. I highly doubt that you're going to go and get really anybody. You know, Say it's a rental. You go get somebody who's, who's not under contract after next season or maybe has an option or something to that extent. You're still probably going to have to go and give up maybe one of your three catchers, a couple prospects or something like that. Like I just, I think that that would probably be the price for pretty much any starter, unless you go out and get like a fifth starter just to be depth. And then they end up doing well, like kind of like the Liriano uh, deal in 2016. You could do that, but 
I still really doubt that that would be the case. Yeah, um, it, I think obviously the same issues with the bullpen remain, and that is obviously an area that they're going to go after this season at the trade deadline. You have that. You have possibly a left-handed at-bat. That's still a thing that the team is looking to, I guess, improve on. And for me, I just think that adding a starter because of the uncertainty now that comes, you know, with, you know, the depth is still good. It just wasn't, it's not obviously as complete as it was when you had Hunjin Ryu there. You have Yusei Kikuchi, who you don't exactly know what's going to happen throughout the rest of the year. I still think that may be something that you have to kind of entertain. And those are three big things that they will probably prioritize uh, once August 1st hits. So you have that going on. And you were talking about the bullpen. Um, you know, another quick note for the injuries is that Julian Merriweather is on the IL with an oblique injury. Uh, pretty much a similar thing that uh, he pretty much dealt with last year when he was out for the majority of the season. So you have the, you have him down. I know that he hasn't been pitching the greatest this year anyway, but he was still a guy in terms of depth. And then, of course, Tim Meza is back. But uh, in terms of that, though, you have Trevor Richards. You talked about it. He continues to struggle. Uh, Charlie Montoyo actually got a little bit of criticism online. I don't know if you saw too much of it, but on that game where he did leave him in too long on the Wednesday game, or at least people were thinking he left him in too long when, in when he came out and pretty much allowed two earned runs, or sorry, it was on the Tuesday game, when he allowed two earned runs uh, pretty much after Yusei Kikuchi departed. Uh, that's pretty much kind of got things out of hand for the Jays where they couldn't really come back. They they fell one run short. So you have the, those things going on, and you're still missing that swing and miss guy. We know this. So that definitely remains an issue. And, I, and also another thing is that the pitcher's limit on the roster, unless it's extended one more time, is supposed to be going down to 13 max so the Jays will have to drop a reliever um, at this point or sorry right now as of now the Jays will have to drop a reliever when that limit goes down next week for a position player because of the rules that are I guess kicking in unless again it is extended one more time so you have that going on and they kind of it just for I guess in terms of the last week it remains status quo we know what they're missing and we know who has been pitching well we know who's been struggling another guy you mentioned it was Jimmy Garcia he comes out and this was a guy who's been pitching really well um, over the course of his last seven innings I think they were even showing it on the telecast before everything kind of imploded for him in the eighth or the eighth inning when he allowed all those runs is that he's been pitching almost scoreless baseball in terms of of his appearances and that was on the Wednesday game of course that got the Orioles back in it before the Jays walked things off in the 10th inning so we've recapped everything in terms of the pitching and we've talked about it a lot this ep uh, this episode so far but I guess I'll give the floor to you now uh, with Hunjin Ryu because you were talking about it this potentially is the last time or you know this potentially does end his career with the Blue Jays I think that is a realistic possibility you also have the the question if he even is going to pitch again uh in the MLB at all when he is fully recovered we don't know again if he's getting a partial re repair a full repair I believe his surgery will be coming tomorrow on the Friday so I guess for you give you the chance here over the course of the last two years to or the course of the last three years to reflect on Hunjin Ryu's time. Uh, because for me, this was a guy, regardless if you liked him or not, um, if you were a fan of him uh, over the last couple of years, or if you were not, it just Hunjin Ryu, Hunjin Ryu to me was a sign or it was just, he came in when things were turning around and he was the, the ace at the time that the Blue Jays needed. And that's pretty much ending there. That pretty much, 
signaled the end of that rebuild. Uh, and of course, after the disastrous 2019 season. So he comes in. He's your ace in 2020. This also leads to a barrage of other signings. We know that George Springer came here. We know that Jose Barrios was convinced to stay here. We know that Kevin Gosman came here. And pretty much Hunjin Ryu was the starting point for that, in my opinion. And I think that's pretty factual. Is when he did come in, he served his purpose in 2020. He was that team's ace. 2021 and 2022, it's quite obvious that his body began to break down on him. I think that's fair to say. And of course, his performance also wasn't reflecting what we saw in 2020. So regardless if he was good in his last couple of years, he was battling. Um, the expectations for him did drop. The Jays did not need him to be an ace coming into 2022. Um, so you have good points of the Hunjin Ryu era. You have the low points of the Hunjin Ryu era. But for me, at the end of the day, I will always have nothing but respect for Hunjin Ryu. And of course, I think Blue Jays fans need to recognize and kind of thank him in a way because this was a guy and one of the first guys to come here in terms of the signaling the end of that rebuild, which is why getting him when the Jays did in 2020 was so significant. Yeah, he came here when nobody else did. And it's he was, you know, he was that last or he was the the first big outside piece from that rebuild. And, and it. He had a fantastic 2020, fantastic start to 2021. And I think it's unfortunately he, you know, it, it didn't work out for him this season so far. Well, this season, his season's over and, and the second half of last season. But it still was like if basically if I could go back and sign somebody else, I still wouldn't do it. Like you had a dominant season out of Hyunjin Ryu and a good season out of him last year. He or good season to the, to the start of last year and I'll give him this. He, despite anything, he still went out there. He still competed. And he still, on that last start that he made this season, he said, obviously, he regretted going out. He said he shouldn't have gone out. But he knew that even though he wasn't feeling 100%, he still wanted to go give his team a chance to win. And if that doesn't say if if that doesn't say anything about this team's culture, then I really don't know what does. And he's part of that. He's part of, you know, a lot of people coming here realizing that this is a good team. And it's just... Honestly, like I said, I would never have gone back and I would have signed anybody else. It was a good signing. You know, a lot of the fans loved him. I think there were a few situations when the team finally was back in Toronto where you'd see all the people that were from his home hometown or home country or anybody of his nationality come and, like, take over a whole section. That's, you know, that this, you know, it did mean a lot for him. And for Ryu, like, he could have cashed in on a, you know, on a Kevin Gosman deal with, I don't know, the Dodgers again, or the Giants, or whatever, back in 2019. But he came to this team for four years, took a chance on him. The Blue Jays obviously were not great to the start of 2020. Although one thing that does suck is that was a shortened season, so it's not like they got a full season out of him. But regardless, that was it. Was not even though they were at the end of the rebuild, it wasn't like they were expected to be extremely good yet. He came here and he was like, "Okay, fine. I'll let's make the team better." and can't thank him enough for that. You know, it was it was a good it was a good contract, especially given that they had the flexibility. It's not like having Ryu would have avoided or prevented you from getting somebody else because like they had the money. And to me, money is not even really the the issue there. It's that you now have him. You come here, he makes the team a lot better, and he was he was probably their MVP in 2020 and was for you know or at least was one of the best players for the first half of 2021. So. I'm just happy that we got to see him. You know, it's nice to finally see free agents come here. You have Springer come. You have Gosman come. Barrios stays, like you mentioned. 
I'm not even going to open the can of worms of the guys that they currently have that are up for contract soon. We're not even going to discuss that. But you have people coming, instead of going to other teams, instead of going into a, a team with a much smaller tax bracket, they came to this team to win, and it started started with that Ryu contract. Absolutely indeed. And I guess the best case scenario, if it is a full Tommy John repair, I think the best case scenario, of course, highly unlikely. I think both of us can maybe give it a little bit of hope just to be generous, but I think both of us agree we don't expect him to be, I guess, anywhere close to pitching next year. But the best case scenario is based on the initial timeline of Tommy John surgery is, I believe, August or September of next season. And we know that Hunjin Ryu is getting up there in age. We know how difficult it is to recover, especially at that certain age. Really, the only guy who successfully done it in recent memory that comes to my mind is Justin Verlander, who was on a tear this year with the Houston Astros. But Hunjin Ryu was struggling before this happened. And we will see. I mean, we'll see what happens next year. It is his last year of his deal. And uh, it remains to be seen if he could come back potentially later on next year. But, of course, that is ways away. And before we move on, I guess I can talk to you guys now about DraftKings. Let's talk about DraftKings for a second. DraftKings Sportsbook has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops. Of course, hockey, the Stanley Cup Finals are currently on. Jacob will give you time to think about who you think is going to win between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. And of course, in basketball, the Golden State Warriors, as we are recording on Thursday night, just won the NBA title over the Boston Celtics. So I'm sure there was lots of different betting options that you had for that. And you can do it all now from anywhere in the... in the provincial or sorry anywhere in the province join the action download the app and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer to celebrate the pursuit for the cup DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a wide variety of betting markets for all their customers you can also check out DraftKings impressive features including single game parlays I mentioned Gabriel sorry I mentioned Alejandro Kirk continues to hit the ball well Vladimir Guerrero Jr. continues to hit the ball well. I'm sure there's lots of parlays that you can cash in on with those guys in particular right now. Another guy is Teoscar Hernandez, who is kind of starting to turn that corner. We mentioned that the offense, despite the you know splitting that series, they they still continue to put up a lot of runs. So select a game, combine multiple bets, like which team will win, goals scored, and for more of a shot to win big. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Uh, get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live. So go to the App Store and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in all the action only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Connex Ontario at one 531 2600 Of course, ages 19+, plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See sportsbook.draftkings.com uh, for details. Please play responsibly. DraftKings operates uh, pursuant to operating agreement with iGaming Ontario. Now, before we wrap things up, let's talk about Gabriel Moreno finally. Because again, last episode we we spoke about it. Why didn't the Blue Jays call him up right after it gets uploaded? Gabriel Moreno, the announcement, he was joining the team. He joins the team in Pittsburgh. It's been almost a week now, just under a week since he's been at the major league level with the Jays. Your overall thoughts on Moreno so far and where you think he fits in this lineup especially when Danny Jansen is healthy. This is a heavy topic that we've all been talking about. We know how Mark feels about a potential trade and, of course, how both of us feel. But in terms of your overall impressions and, I guess, the future, of course, when Danny Jansen gets back for how they're gonna, the Jays are going to try and figure this thing out with their three catchers. So I just want to first off say that the YouTube and the podcast gods were punishing us for jinxing it. That's why we didn't record an episode last series. Yeah, we're by, forced uh, by but- week. 
it was our it was our uh it was a higher power controlling that but overall i think it was you know it was not a bad first week i mean not it's tough like it's only been what like a couple games out of him so far like it's not been about 15 at bats uh, crazy yeah so roughly actually it was, it's about a week actually since we last recorded so yeah it's been about a week the one thing i will say despite him catching from one knee he's still able to gun guys down at second base he had a couple of those i think he's had two or three just in that in the few starts he's had and they've all looked pretty good like it's not as if they were just he barely squeezed it in and and, and the replay challenged and reviewed that he was actually out like they've been good throws and i think that's important to note also i mean hitting we talked about this earlier or before we started recording actually like it's tough like there's not really a ton you can make out of his hitting right now because when you've only had a few at bats or a few games minimal at bats there's only so much that your average can do and you you go over for one game and i think his 364 average as of right now that goes down to i don't know much much less so basically like i'm not looking at numbers here i'm just looking at what i've seen what i've watched like i don't care about the numbers right now he looks impressive i think and his his approach is definitely good even though he's been towards the bottom of the order He's able to get hits. He's able to slap the ball all over, all over the field. He looks impressive. I think it's fair to say that. Uh, now, I do need a lot more to see out of him. Is this sustainable of three catchers? I do not think so. Somebody's gone, but it'll. we'll have to see. I, I, that's all I'm saying. Some, If you have three healthy catchers that are performing at this level, one of them's gone. Now, do, you, I don't know. do you think it's at the trade deadline like Mark believes? Depends on what the team does, because if you're... <laughs> Probably it'll wow. be a big deal. Like you're not well, you're not going to give up Danny Jansen for like a, a fifth starter or something like that. <laughs> like it would be a much bigger deal that would be Danny Jansen plus a few guys or or Kirk or whoever. Like just to throw out a name there. But basically, like I've been impressed by him. I think he's he looks good. It looks like he's part of the team. I think he actually gave Guerrero the uh, the home run jacket one time. So it's not like he's sitting in the back of the dugout just realizing that he's he's too young to be part of you know the group he's he's right in there and i think that's like i said with the whole ryu thing this culture this team doesn't matter you've been there for two hours or or two years on this team they're all gonna you know be together and i think it looks you know it's not it's definitely it's a good look on the team but just for moreno himself this could actually really help him just to feel welcome right on the team right away but we'll have to see really what happens because now you Jansen, I know we we talked about how he's not going to be out for a ton of time. It's, it's not like he's out for you know, way too long beyond the the fifteen days or fourteen, whatever it is. I would like to see Moreno catch a little bit more. I think that would be a little bit interesting. You know, get him in the lineup. Get basically figure out what you have, even if it's way too small of a sample size. See what you can build off of, and then you go from there. But it's it's definitely been an impressive um, an impressive opening to his career. Who knows if it stays this way I, like i said weeks ago i highly doubt he goes back in after two weeks of him coming up but we'll have to see what happens i think overall he's looked good is this the new star catcher on the team we'll have to see i think it's going to take a trade for him to f fulfill those duties but basically like i like what i've been seeing it's not I haven't been looking at him. Like, if he, say he airmailed a few throws, I think he actually almost airmailed one to second base, or it was a little bit of a weird situation. But say his throws were completely offline, it would have said, yeah, it's a little early to call him up. Or if he had, like, if he had a Cabin Biggio pre-IL stint batting average, then I'd say, okay, yeah, maybe. 
maybe it's a little early, but no, he's he's fit right in. Is a three sixty four average sustainable? Absolutely not. But basically, the team has a lot to work with, and I think that it's they're they're in a very good situation. Absolutely, and I'm you know you're talking about his arm behind the plate, throwing a couple guys out already. That's great to see. Very athletic. Uh, he's hitting the ball really well. I mean, you look at his at bats. Uh, pretty much what he's been doing in Buffalo, it's kind of translated right away to the big leagues. Of course, you want to see if he's going to go through that cold spell. You want to see if he's going to continue that right away. It's all different with everybody, but right now, as it starts throughout his first 15 at-bats, it's looked really well. He's getting base hits. He's been pretty clutch. He's got a couple key RBIs as well late in games. So it's been that's been good to see. He's also a lot, of, a lot faster than I thought, and I think maybe a lot of people didn't realize how fast he truly is. So there's something special here with Gabriel Moreno. He's up here. Uh, you know, when Danny Jansen does come back, I think that there is a way, hopefully, and I think Charlie Montoyo said it, a way to keep all three of them involved for the foreseeable future. Again, I believe this is something that they can possibly wait until the offseason to address, at any, if anything, because of just the talent that you have. I think Danny Jansen is pretty much a lock to stay here. If anything, it'll be either Moreno or Kirk. If that time comes, of course, a lot of people don't think it's going to happen. I tend to agree with them on that. Alejandro Kirk most likely could, or I should say, could easily start the All-Star game for the American League this year. So lots of talent there. Moreno's got a lot of tools. He looks really good. Finally, a long time coming for him or for him to finally be up here. And um, we'll see what happens with that. So before we wrap things up, you're coming off of a split with the Orioles. Let's get some serious predictions this weekend, of course. This one's going to be a tough because the New York Yankees, who, again, I've mentioned it, I guess, spontaneously over the last couple of weeks, they don't lose games. They No matter what they do, they don't lose games. No matter how good the Jays do, it is pretty much safe to say at this point they have made up zero games on the Yankees, regardless of how much better the Jays have been playing since the last time they saw the Yankees. Because the last time they saw the Yankees, we know the offense was still a disaster at that point. They figured things out. And they are now 10 games back of them in the American League East. So I'll give it to you, Jacob, on this one. A three-game series this weekend. What are your thoughts? Give me your prediction. Why do we need to, to end this podcast on such a depressing note? Because it's... It is a tough one ahead. I'm not going to spoil. So there's one other person who's not here. I know what his prediction is. Yes. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say at best you get a game out of this one. At best... No. At best, you get two games out of this series. Realistically, you're getting one game out of this series. And I, I think it's Kikuchi, Stripling, and Manoa, I believe it is, starting. Stripling, uh, Manoa, Kikuchi, in order. Oh, yeah. sorry. So, yes, just in a different order. Yes. But so, I think they have the talent to beat the Yankees. It's fair to say that. But, like, the Yankees are similar to the Golden State Warriors when they were in their prime dominant uh, or prime dynasty. So, we'll have to see. I think one out of three is most likely scenario right now. And... Again, we talked about this earlier. It's it's unfortunate because you could have taken three or four or four or four from the Orioles. You could have taken that series, and the last game against the against the Royals. You you have game like you have games in ground, and it's it's such a tough situation. I think the team they have the ability to beat the Yankees. I just don't think that the Yankees are going to get beat. If that makes sense. So one out of three. We'll see what they can do against the White Sox. I just hope Lance Lynn doesn't knock them out because then I'll be okay with that in, in fantasy but not okay in real life but it is what it is i think that one out of three against the yankees and then you just move on to the white Sox. i've given you a lot of slander on this podcast about your fantasy <laughs> team but i will admit you are turning around over the last couple of weeks so that's good to see 
I'm just saying, I got I, I got murdered with injuries. Okay, we're, first like enough. two weeks of the seasons. I'm just here. Obviously, I'm I'm not in a good position standing wise. But mark this date, June sixteenth. By June thirtieth, I will be in a playoff spot. Okay, we're gonna we're stop. Okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, you and Mark both think one out of three. Let's be the contrarian. Let's be the optimist. As much as the Yankees are the best team in baseball, uh, you got to make up these games from what the Yankees did to last month. You got to beat them at some point. Um, I think this is the weekend you take two out of three from them. Which games they win, I don't know. I think it's safe to say the Saturday one with Alec Manoa pitching. You know, if you're gonna do a little DraftKings parlay or bet. I think that's the one you're obviously throwing money on for the Jays to win. Now, the second game, is it Friday or Sunday? Again, don't know. Ross Stripling's been very dependable since taking over. Yusei Kikuchi is a roller coaster. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. So maybe you're more confident with Friday and Saturday, but we'll see. You both believe one out of three. I'll say two out of three, and I'll say that the Jays come out of this weekend. I guess mathematically, if they win two out of three, they make up a couple games on the Yankees. So we'll see. I mean, that might be the most they've ever made up on them over the past month, which is just crazy to say. So they continue to play well. Uh, the Jays coming off of a disappointing series with the Orioles, and I believe that will cover everything. So we will wrap it up there, and we will be back at the end of the upcoming series on Sunday night. And as always, you can support our podcast by finding us on social media at Section138Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which helps spread the word of what we're doing. You can listen to our episode wherever you find them, and you can watch them on YouTube and see Jacob. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you at the end of the weekend.